get excited when I, when I see how he is blessed. I, I see how our people are interconnecting with the community. It's an important thing that we do in staying connected. We can't just be a, a little shelter to ourselves. We need to reach out, and, and we try to do that with, in different ways in our ecumenical activities. And, and some of us are, all of us, a lot of us, you are reaching out to the community. That's so cool. Hey, I want to start talking to you today about an, an idea that uh, uh, a fellow pastor had got me kind of connected with and, uh, a gentleman that you may you know, Charles Stanley, well, his son, Andy Stanley, just a, a great communicator. And, and he kind of got me thinking about this whole thing of guardrails, guardrails. They're all around us. And, and they oftentimes get no attention until you need them. But they serve one purpose, to save your life. Now, we have guardrails around Steubenville. And Doc, I want you to listen here. Or excuse me, Judge, I want you to listen. Because I, I think there is one place, and I have some, some special gifts with the person that can first tell me where we are and what I would call the, the, uh, the definition, the, the dictionary definition of guardrails as far as a strip of highway is concerned. Roll it, Emily. First person, I'm watching. You tell me where we are. Who said that first? Guardrails. Guardrails everywhere. Who said that first? Artist did. Do yourself a favor. Forgive. <laughs> Since the judge has to ride this road almost every day, I give a little book for you, or a little uh, box game for you when you don't have anything else to do. Is I mean, Highway 7 is, is the definition. There's guardrails everywhere down there and trying to, and Tom drives that road quite a bit. You know, but everybody knows what a guardrail is. But I want to give you the official definition of guardrail. A guardrail is simply a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Straying. Now, that's the word we're going to key off of, strain, because we're going to key off of this and strain into dangerous, off-limit areas. Now, nobody pays attention to guardrails until you need them. And uh, some of us have bounced off a guardrail or two. But guardrails are there primarily for three, in three different areas. Guardrails are oftentimes on Bridges, where there is very, very little margin for error. And sometimes there's guardrails near medians, where there are people moving in opposite directions. And then sometimes there are guardrails on curves, where there are unexpected changes and dangerous roadside conditions. 
But you see, the interesting part about guardrails is that oftentimes they're not really placed in the most dangerous spot. If, if, this, if this guardrail wasn't here, you could maybe get a little closer to the edge. But, but they put the guardrail there because they know that if you ever got past this particular area, what's over there is really bad. Got that? Say really bad. Really bad. So, that's, that is the actual act, act thing of that, about guardrails. The point of a guardrail is to say, don't drive on this particular piece of real estate. The point is that guardrails is there to point to us that the real estate beyond the guardrail is dangerous. Guardrails are there to keep us from driving into the area where there could be actual danger. And the theory behind a guardrail is that you can do less damage by hitting the guardrail. Less damage to your body and even in some cases less damage to your car if you hit the guardrail than if you would actually hit what was on the other side. Mrs. Hallberg was reminding me that the road to Alaska that uh, she rode with her parents multiple times Way back there, they, there was no guardrails, and it was just down the mountain. And uh, now there's more protection there. But now in the next few weeks, we're not going to be talking about so much about driving and guardrails, but we're, we're going to be talking about how guardrails can help protect us in, in our particular lives. The truth is, we're going to build a case through the next few weeks uh, as we do this series around the point that your greatest regret relationally, your greatest regret financially, your greatest regret morally or ethically or professionally, chances are your greatest regret that you could have avoided, if you think of it in terms of driving, is the ditch that you went off into, the ditch that you rolled off into relationally, could have been helped if you would have had a guardrail in place. Financially, morally, ethically, marriage, parenting, in our whole area, whatever it might be, do we have guardrails in place? You know, as, as, I, as we started to prepare this and we saw the news of the day, and we saw uh, that which has happened to the general, General Petraeus. Four-star general, was he? I think. Four-star general, head of the CIA, stepped down because it was found out by the FBI that he was having an affair. Can you imagine the damage that happened over here with General Petraeus? That if there could have been boundaries set in his own life. And I saw the pictures of him and her on the airplane. Maybe some of you saw it on the private jet. And I want to say, where was the wife? 
but they're personal guardrails there. And, and, but I, I want us to think about guardrails as it relates to not just driving, but as it relates to a different part of our lives. And we're going to set up a new definition for guardrails, and it goes something like this. It's a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. And here's what I mean by that. It's, it's going to encourage you as you walk about your marriage, your dating life, when you talk about relationships, when you talk about friendships, when you even talk about time. We're going to encourage you to develop a set of personal guardrails. And these personal guardrails are for you. They're not for everybody. Uh, and it's not the law. It's, it's not even sin. But it's personal guardrails. I'm going to encourage you in the next few weeks to, to think through and develop a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. Now, the reason I say a matter of conscience is this. In driving, as I said before, the whole idea of a guardrail is that there could be some damage done if you hit the guardrail, but it would protect you from the real serious things. I want you, I want you to begin thinking in terms of standards of behavior or behavioral practices that you are so committed to as an individual that when you violate even the little, that little part, just bump that guardrail, it begins to bother your conscience. Standards of behavior, when you violate them, you will feel that you've actually done something wrong. And these guardrails are for you. The guardrails for you may be different than the guardrails for me. But a personal standard of behavior that informs you and energizes you and ignites your, your conscience and says, oh, no, no. Little warning lights that go on. And flags that would wave. There's something wrong. Danger, danger. Because I'm bumping up against the guardrail. And I've set up a guardrail, a personal standard of behavior to protect me. And even as I hit that guardrail just a little bit, the flags go off. And, and sometimes what happens is that we think about the big things over here. Those, uh, those big things that could happen. Oh my gosh, I would never be like General Petraeus because married people sh can't do that. No, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't uh, spend that kind of money. No, it's, it's we, when we think about just the big things and we forget to remember that the little guardrails that can hit us before the big thing can save us big time. The pers personal decision that you make as it relates to your marriage. I'll not do that. I'm not getting even close to that. Personal decision you make that relates to your finances. Uh, a personal decision that you make re in regard to your conduct with other people. The personal decision of conscience that informs and ignites you. 
Now, the culture today, this culture that we live in, is they, they have, and they know there's stuff out there, you see. But, but they try to, to, to also make little things, uh, little guardrails. In the world culture, they know that to become an alcoholic and become a bum on Skid Row is out there. So, the, uh, the world might come up with a guardrail. Drink responsibly. Guardrail. That's really not a guardrail. That's a little yellow line. Little teeny yellow line. Because most of the people that have about six drinks, they don't say, well, or they may say, I think I'm drinking irresponsibly, but I don't care now. Right? Drink responsibly. It's no guardrail. It's no dark guardrail at all. And, and, and sometimes in our culture, there's, there's bad stuff out there. You know, in, in the uh, younger environment sometimes, the, the whole idea of sexuality and sex is talked about. You know, and all of us know, all of the kids know that there is serious problems out there sexually. STDs, pregnancies. All kinds of stuff. So the world sets up little guardrails. Now the little guardrail that I heard the other day was, don't have sex until you're ready. (laughs) Guardrail. And I can just imagine the conversation. You know, these two guys are in the car. Are you ready? This guy says, I think I was born ready. Uh, are you ready? Well, oh, in three weeks? Okay, let's pencil it in. Guardrail? No, 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 nothing like it. Uh, and, and so we, we look at these, uh, we look at how the culture keeps coming up with these guardrail ideas. But, and, and there's the, the whole drug thing. And the world's, you know, their, their idea of, of uh, drugs and guardrails is, uh, you know, kids, talk to your parents. You know, and I, I, I'm not sure that there's any parent in the world that has said, I don't care about those kids, but I'll talk to them anyway. You know, the guardrail, where is the guardrail? Most in uh, the people in our culture knows There is stuff out there, but they're not willing to make the guardrail. And and, and this is a part that can get kind of sticky because the culture out there, they say, well, that's the problem with religion. They have all those silly rules and those silly guardrails and those silly barriers, and it's so stupid. And... uh, and so it, it gets to be uh, 
kind of a, a little bit of an issue there. And, and sometimes everybody knows that there is a problem with finances today. And, and so the, uh, the world would say, you know, uh, use your money wisely. But in the, in, re, in the other way, that they don't care. They don't make a guardrail. Now, the other day, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you before, but, but at our bank, Huntington Bank, this is not a plug, but, but as a part of our banking plan there, Nick would know about those things, we decided to get uh, a line of credit thing. And primarily, we got the line of credit. Is, oh, if, if something happened and our, our checkbook bounced, that it would go automatically into the uh, line of credit and, and they wouldn't have to call us up and say, Pastor Gary, you're at the Word of Life Church. Your check is no good. No, so we got this line of credit and the, the, kind of the minimum amount was 5000 So the next time we went into the bank and, and punched our, put some money in or took some money out, it, it said instead of, you know, $500, Available, you, you notice that all things. It said five thousand. You have five thousand five hundred dollars available. Doesn't sound like a guardrail to me. Doesn't sound. And the credit cards always tell you on your statement, this is how much you could spend. No guardrail at all. But the the world would say that that the church is too restrictive. We're too legalistic. We got too many uh, rules, and it's kind of stuffy. Uh, and and we need to be more open-minded. But church, I'm challenging you for the next few weeks, as we look at this, as that you set up some personal standards of behavior, that you say when when I go and kind of bump one of those, I'll know that I'm, I'm getting closer than I should. And these standards should bother you because they're some of the standards that you have set up. That you have set up. And, and if, if we look at the Bible, the Bible, all through it, it, it talks about guardrails that are there to protect us. Guardrails are there to protect us. And in the Bible, God uh, loves us, and he has, invited, he has invited us to talk to him as our heavenly Father. Talk to us. He's invited us to talk to us, talk to him as our heavenly Father. And here's what good fathers do. If you had a good father, your father did this. And if you had a bad father, your father didn't do this. He didn't help to set up guardrails. And you see, good fathers will say to you, if we're going to have a conflict, kiddo, I want it to be over here. Where we can have a, a little bit of of conflict, a little bit of issue, not over there where there can be permanent scars and memories and stuff that is not easily gotten over. The conflict that that can leave scars is out there. If we're going to have a conflict, 
a good father says. It's going to be over here and not over there. And some of us have, have dealt with siblings or kids that, that have had issues over there. And we wish they would have or we would have helped them over here. Are you getting the gist? Guardrails. Guardrails. And he is there for us. He is there for us. God really loves you. And if God wants to relate to you as your heavenly father, isn't that what you would expect a good father to do? God wants to help you. Now, I'd like you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And as you look at this, um, first off, let me just kind of set the, the stage for you a little bit. Ephesians is Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. And in this particular letter, Paul was writing to the Ephesians who were living in a city that may be uh, parallel to Sodom and Gomorrah, if you know what I mean. It was bad. It was like bad. I mean, they did everything there and almost made a religion out of it. But it was, was a tough place. And, and, and down through, through this, this chapter... Uh, but a f- uh, measure, th- or excuse me, uh, verse three. But among you there must not be even the hint of sexual immorality, of, of any kind of impurity, of greed. And it goes on and on. He talks about uh, no immoral, impure, greedy person. Such a man is an idolater. And he goes on. Uh, For you were once darkness, now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light, not as darkness, but. I'd like to point your attention to verse 15. When he says, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this chaos, he wants us to think about handling this stuff in this way. And this is a picture of how we have to do it today. Be very careful then. Be very careful. Then, and that, that, the then word actually kind of helps you to, to reference the, all the things that came before it. Uh, be very careful then, because this is going to be following the whole list of things. And so be very careful how you live. Be very careful how you live. Now, that little... Greek word there that is in, that's translated live actually means walk. Be very careful how you walk. And some of the Bible translations even do that, as you notice on your screen. And, and when I read this verse, be very careful then how you walk. That kind of reminds me of if I ever go visit somebody's house and they have a couple of dogs, and if they ever go out into the backyard, are you, are you following me? Be very 
careful where you walk. And, and I, I spent some time on the farm. I'm not a farmer, but uh, when I was a kid, we used to go out to the pasture, you know, and we'd get some horses and we'd bring milk cows in. But if you went out to the pasture, you would have to be very careful where you walked. Because you step in the wrong thing. It catches on to you. And then it follows you. Be very careful where you walk. Be very careful where you walk. You know, and, and, and Paul didn't have dogs or have this in mind, but he was trying to help us in a culture that's messed up, that has stuff everywhere that we could step in. And come out smelling bad. Am I with you? Are you with me? And, and so Paul is trying to say, be careful. And then he goes on in the middle of verse 15, not as the unwise. Uh, unwise kind of means careless, care less. I would care less. Not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Which in our culture, another way we could say that is be very intentional. Intentional. Be very intentional about the way you walk. And we cannot, as Christians, just go flying through the culture and not expect that we won't step in it sometimes. So, we have to be very intentional in the way we walk. We have to believe that God wants us to be successful. He wants us to have, maybe, be on the safe side of this guardrail. Because he doesn't want us to go out there. He doesn't want us to get past that the other side of that guardrail. And we may, we may argue with God a little bit. But God, but God. You know, I, people will think I'm just a stick in the mud. <laughs> but God is saying, be very intentional. Because you see, God wants to protect you. He wants to protect you. He doesn't want you to go over on the other side. And why does he say it? Because the days are evil. You Ephesians, you Steubenville, Wintersville, uh, Weirton folks, Follinsby folks, you live in dangerous times, and if you're not careful, you'll roll the car off the cliff. And you'll have some big, serious issues. And if you're not careful, you'll go into one of those ditches on the side, or you'll hit the, hit the, hit the side of the bridge. But then sometimes we want to say to ourselves, Ah, oh, I'm a Christian. Everything work out. That's a cop-out, church. We need to be intentional. 
We need to look where we are going. Right? We need to be intentional because God is, is, is wanting us to be successful. And whether it's in finances. Some of us, some of you maybe have got yourself into some, so much debt that you're not sure that you know, you're going to get out of. And you're not able to be as generous as you could be. Not able to give here and there and, and just help somebody once in a while. Morally, some, some of you have kind of crossed over a line. Other ways. But God is saying, we live in a dangerous world, morally, ethically, professionally, and that general Petraeus just amplifies it. And you want to say, oh, and, and I, I don't know everything about everybody, but, but they say he was a good man. He was a good general. He did well in, in his other areas of service. But he didn't allow the guardrail to be there. Do, no, do not be foolish. Don't be careless. He said, look, look. But see, a lot of us tend to think, you know, this is still good land here. This, these posts are in solid ground. We can, we can go right up. We can, go, we can get a little closer to the edge. Fact is, I might even be safe over here. The cliff is over there, you know. So I, I can get kind of close. And, and, and we can do that in, in so many different areas of our life, church. We can say, well, I can afford. When the car salesman says, do you want that extra feature? Oh, and it's only $6 extra a month on the car payment. Or... 75 months. I can afford that. After all, I'm blessed. And, and you make decisions. And, and, and that's, that's one of the reasons I want to mention to you that all these personal things, all these guardrails that we set up are different for different people. Some of you may be with a certain budget that a guardrail comes up a little quicker for you. That's okay. Some of you uh, have a little bit of liquid cash and, and you can spend it here. And, and some of you uh, can do different things and, and it's okay. But you set up a personal uh, guide point, a personal standard of conscience that, that you will live by. And you will live by. And, and I think... God is wanting, it, well, let me, let me back up and say, you know, in, in this scripture in chapter 5, Paul goes on to say, uh, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, some of you, the Lord just yells out directions. Don't do that! Sarah, don't do that! You know, but a lot of us, you know, it, it doesn't come so loud. But sometimes, uh, when 
we're walking along. Come on. And, and Jim says, let's go over here. The Holy Spirit can, can kind of speak to me and say, <coughs> How many have ever had mothers that did that? <coughs> yes, thanks, Jim. But, you know, sometimes in our walk, and we're going to Walmart, we're going to Stuff Mart, we're going to any place, and we see something that we really don't need but we want. And you start to pick it up in the shelf, and the Holy Spirit says, And sometimes he has to do it real loud. It's the Lord's protection. It is like the guardrail that the Holy Spirit sets up for us, church. And he wants to protect you. He doesn't want you to end up with that $70,000 credit card bill that the culture will keep putting the commercials on. If you have $70,000, you can maybe only have to pay so much if you call this place up. Can we believe that? I don't think we can. But, But I believe God is trying to speak through the megaphone of the Holy Spirit and say, don't go there. Don't go there. God elbows us and says, you don't need to go there. That little sense, that little elbow of conscience is there to protect you. Pay attention. Pay attention. But so many of us So many of us go through life when we haven't set up that standard of behavior. And, and we really have not set certain things in place. There's not very many people that come to the altar of marriage and be thinking, boy, I'm going to really screw this marriage up. Boy. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to get a, I mean, there's been bad marriages before, but this one is really going to be bad. This marriage. Most people don't do that, do they? They don't plan to fail. But they don't plan not to. Are you with me? Put that up. We don't plan to mess up, but we also don't plan not to mess up. We don't set up the guardrails in different areas of our lives to keep us from messing up. You know, I think of General Petraeus. And I say, General Petraeus, you could have set up some guardrails here. Because God would, would want you to, to be... Uh, to not mess up so close to the end of your life. I was talking to uh, Steve Spurlock, who's a friend of mine. And, uh, and I, be, I was beginning to talk to him, and I didn't ask him for permission to do this, but I, I don't think he would mind telling me. He told me he was going to be here today. I'll get on his case later about that. 
But after I told Steve Spurlock that I was, who's a State Farm agent, by the way, and I told him that I, that Geico commercial was looking very good to me, <laughs> that I might have to get some Geico insurance and cancel my insurance with State Farm. But after I told him that, I, I started to tell him about the sermon that I was talking about. And I said, well, it's guardrails, guardrails, guardrails. Now, if some of you may know Steve Spurlock, he was, a, he does the Civic Choral Society. He's a very high-level, you know, a, a trained singer uh, person. He was the uh, choral director at Big Red for a number of years. And he, he told me, yeah, Pastor Gary, you're right. We need to set up guardrails. He said, when I was teaching school at Big Red, and girls would come into my office to talk about something... I would never allow the door to be closed. Now, as far as I'm, I, I know, that that wasn't a rule for the school. In some places it is. But he said, I would never do that uh, because it was a personal standard for me. And if, if some girl would come in to chat, and maybe just because it was some, maybe some kind of half-personal issue and closed the door behind her as she came in, a little flag would come up in his spirit. And, <clears throat> and he would probably say, why don't you just open that door a little bit? A personal standard, a personal standard of conscience. And, and he, he, he was a firm believer in that. And and, and in every area of our life, and we're going to be talking about it and giving you examples of, of different areas that, that we need to set up these boundaries that God will help us to set them up. Because God wants to have some little itty-bitty issues with us over here. Are you with me? He wants to have some itty-bitty issues. And you parents, you know well... You've had some itty-bitty issues. Some of them may have been seemingly at the time even stronger than itty-bitty, you know. It could have been some tough things. But they were in protection. And our God, our Heavenly Father, Nick, if you'd come to the keyboard, our Heavenly Father wants to protect us more than anything else in the world. He wants to see us protected. And... Uh, we're going to be talking about some of these issues in the future. Next week is going to be talking about relationships with people. But, um, but even without a bunch of other uh, lessons on this, I think as we've been talking, God has been perhaps bringing something to your mind. And you say, yeah, I need a guardrail. I need a point of a standard, a place that I'm going to set up in my own life that would, could protect me. A place before the major cliff, on this side of the major cliff. And, and God, I, I want to set this up for me. And you see, it's not about what everybody has to do. Because, you know, you may be going to school and and you, uh, in the school, all the kids say they want to go someplace. 
And, and you may have something, a little check in your spirit. <clears throat> And, and then they may say, oh, you're just, it's, you're just a Christian, one of those guys. And you say, well, it's all right for you, but for me, I, I don't want to go there. And, and you may have other things, and it could be for you at work. The guys may want to go someplace after work. And you may say, and I may talk about this a little bit more next week, but you may say, well... I'll go with them, but I won't participate. I'm afraid it could well be past a standard that you need to set up in your life. But we'll talk some more about this week, that next week. But I, I want you just to bow your heads with me. We're going to look at a lot of different areas, but I, I think even as we've talked about this today, some of you are saying to yourself, boy, as Pastor Gary talked about it, I, it just loomed up big in my eyes. This area, this particular part of my life, this particular relationships, finances, moral, ethical, pro, professional principles. Uh, maybe any of those areas. And, and, and you say, boy, I, 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 I see that there's some potential issues that could loom big. I could fall off a serious cliff. I could go into a serious ditch if I don't set up some boundaries in my life. If I don't set up some boundaries. Lord, you have given us your word, your Bible. This, this Bible that we can read and, and digest. And, and this book, sure, it has commandments. It has stuff. But as we realize that these things that are in this book are for our own good, they are for our own protection, they are for our own joy and, and, and fulfillment. Lord, can you help us this week? As we go about, we, get, we can begin to kind of journal in perhaps, Lord, help me with a guideline for this. Help me with a, a, to establish a, a personal <coughs> standard, a barrier of conscience for this area. Because, Lord, you want to protect me as a good father would do, as a bad father wouldn't do, but you, as our Heavenly Father, have the best interest at heart for us. Do your work in us, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? Sing it for us, will you, Nick? our Heavenly Father, our Savior, our Lord. Then the name of Jesus, no sweeter name ever known.